Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Join the revolution Saturday, February 27th, 2016 for the 5th annual Mad Anthony Mud Run as we pay homage to our city's namesake, General Mad Anthony Wayne. Mad Anthony was known for his tenacity, intensity, and character. We hope that you will bring those same attributes as you complete this adventurous challenge, including numerous battles that you will confront along the way. Our first four years have brought temperatures ranging from 9 degrees to 60 degrees. Are you ready for the challenge Mother Nature throws at you? Expect new obstacles, local brews, and a few other surprises to commemorate this momentous occasion. Check out the Mad Anthony Mud Run at runthevalley.com. It's only $40 before January 10th and only $50 after that before February 10th. That's runthevalley.com. Warning. The following event is incredibly fun and safe for thrill-seekers of all ages and athletic abilities. If you don't want to have tons of fun, don't come. Don't miss the world's only thrill-seeker 5K stunt run, designed by actual Hollywood stunt producers. Come experience the thrill of over 15 fun and safe obstacles during your run. Take on the flying pole vault, navigate the punching wall splash zone, fly high on the zip and slide zip line, plummet down the world's largest inflatable slide, and much more. Don't miss your chance. Use code ORM15 to save $15 and register now at stuntrun.com before it's sold out. That's stuntrun.com. Welcome to the Obstacle Racing Media Podcast with Matt B. Davis. With over 150 episodes since 2012, Matt has produced the most consistent podcast in OCR. Each episode, Matt speaks with race directors, athletes, and industry insiders to bring you the most in-depth interviews and conversations in the world of obstacle racing, adventure runs, and ultra marathons. If you have small children nearby, now's the time to put on some headphones or send them off to watch SpongeBob SquarePants, as there are occasionally four-letter words which are not bleeped. Now, here's your host, Matt B. Davis. Good day. That's probably too loud. Good day, everyone. Welcome to the Obstacle Racing Media Podcast. I'm your host, Matt B. Davis. It's another episode. We're all over the map dropping these episodes. Uh, I realized later... On the Dean Carnazes episode, which you haven't heard, please go listen, uh, that I had said, okay, great, here's two this week, because it was Friday when I recorded it, and I thought going up, and it went up on Sunday. But look, we put up an episode the 5th, uh, then we missed it, the 14th, then boom, four days later, the 18th, the one you just heard, um, and now here we are, the 23rd. Now I have to double check, because I don't know if we got that right or not. The point, this is the fourth one of the month, all right? We're only at the 23rd, and it's the fourth month. Um and I, I promise to try to do better in terms of getting the Wednesday, Thursday back up. But we're giving you content, God damn it, and that's what's important. On today's episode, Lindsay Webster. Who's Lindsay Webster? Well, you've probably heard of her if you listen to this podcast because you follow the OCRs. If you're new, if you're new to this podcast, first of all, welcome. Welcome if you're new. We'd love to hear from you. Quick note, I read a letter last week from Jeremy, and I pronounced it Jerome. Why? Because it looks like Jerome. 
He was very thrilled that I read his email, but told me his name was Jeremy, not Jerome, homie. So anyhow, if you're new to the show, welcome to it. We've got, we go all the way back to 2012, as the nice English lady told you, uh, through this podcast and the original Matt B. Davis Runs podcast. So lots to catch up on if you want to go back all the way there. We're glad you're here now. I think that's the point. So Lindsay Webster, uh, when I met Lindsay, she was an employee of Mud Hero and was Lindsay from Mud Hero, which is a race up there. And uh, I went up there in the summer of 2014 and met her. And then uh, Ryan was hanging out. He was also working for Mud Hero back then part-time. And uh, we had a good old time. Uh, And then she showed up. And shocked the world, dare I say, in the fall of 2014 at the at her first ever obstacle race, as you will learn, at the Spartan World Championships. And she's since gone on to win a ton of races, including a bunch of big ones, which we get into on this show. But before I do, let's read another email from a viewer. I love your podcasts. I love your podcasts, bar none over any other OCR ones I've listened to, including a few major player ones. You're real, you go with the flow. I mean, you still have interviews with people as far as that aspect goes, but they don't feel like a monotonous drone is reading from a script, and I appreciate that. You seem to actually have a vested interest in OCR, and your enthusiasm is heard loud and clear. I particularly love listening to your recent WTM ones because I watched you guys on Periscope. Even over WTM's Periscope coverage. Sorry, TM, but you and your ORM crew were far more interesting. And then to hear everything from it had me excited about it all over again. I have, a, I have some episodes to catch up on, but I'm looking forward to listening to them and can't wait to see what the future holds for you guys as OCR is blowing up. So I feel like it'll be nothing but great things for you. Okay, not so short, but I could ramble on and on. You get the point. I like your stuff, so keep outputting it. Katarina. Or, as I suppose, aptly known in the social media world as at cat underscore j underscore. Katarina W, or Cat J as you like to be called, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for following us on Periscope. Thank you so much for saying that we kick Tough Mudder's ass in Periscope. Honestly, that's our goal. Every year, uh, since that's what we heard the first year when we covered it, like, hey, you guys were giving us more stuff than Tough Mudder was. Or when we, when we cover Spartan World Championships and we have way more updates, uh, thanks to our great field team like the Feebinator, who gave us like a thousand Instagram posts to follow. When you guys go, dude, you're doing better than the race itself. We love that. That's gold to us. It's like a shiny Christmas present. So thank you so much. If you want to drop us a note, we'd love to read it. Matt at ObstacleRacingMedia.com. If you forget that, you can always shoot us a note through the Facebooks. Let's get on to the episode. Uh, if we don't talk again... I'm going to go ahead and say Merry Christmas. I'll probably say it again at the end of the episode. Today is the 23rd of December. Lindsay and Webster and I talked on the phone just yesterday. Real quick, sorry, then I promise I'll get to it. I have a ton of interviews to get to, as I said last week. And Lindsay, I just interviewed yesterday. But she's so great, and it's so relevant to what she's done lately, we had to get it up. Merry Christmas, Lindsay Webster. Why don't we start with when I interviewed you so I had met you at Mud Hero summer before last, but then you came in fourth at the championship race. And I interviewed you a little bit, but it's been a long time and people probably don't remember. So why don't you just kind of give folks your brief um, fitness background prior to that race in September of 2014? Okay. Um, so prior to that race, I had just come off a mountain bike racing season. So I think like my nationals for mountain biking was just a few weeks before that. So I had pretty good 
cardio, but mountain bikers don't do like any upper body <laughs> upper body strength because it just is like extra muscle and weight that you have to carry around on the bike. So, um, yeah, so like prepared from an endurance standpoint for that race, but not so much for like the strength um, portion of it. <laughs> um, well, how many? How many? Go ahead. I was going to say how many years did you do that, but you were about to say prior to mountain bike racing. Yeah, that I only really did like one year of super competitive mountain bike racing. Um, I've always run like on the varsity cross country team at university and in college, um, but I mostly do that for cross training for other sports. So like mountain biking was my main sport, and I just used running as cross training. And um, prior to that, I did cross country skiing, which a lot of people know like translates really well to obstacle course racing um and i did that super competitively up till uh i left for university and then i kind of decided to concentrate on school so yeah i mean that's pretty much it and i know you worked for mud hero for a bit but what was your ocr experience prior to spartan championships in 2014 like absolutely (laughs) (laughs) yeah I knew what the races were, and I'd, uh, before I started working with Mud Hero, I worked for an advertising agency in Toronto, and I'd done a couple of them for fun, just with, like, the guys from work, but we all kind of ran as a group and everything, so it's not like we were doing it super competitively, we were just, like, jogging or walking the courses and, like, having a good time, so... Yeah, so I came out to the Spartan Championship thinking it was going to be like, you know, like a fun little walk in the park with like people and we'd be like laughing and gallivanting around. And then all of a sudden these girls like took off off the start line and they were so intense and everybody was so focused and they were so fit. And I was like, whoa, what did I get my into? Um, and that went on for about five and a half hours. <laughs> And and you did really well. You came in fourth. Um, and at that point, did you decide, okay, I think I'd like to make a shift here? Did um, did Ryan try to convince you more? Um, for those that don't know, um, you want to tell everybody your relation to Ryan or maybe where you met? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Ryan, because he's heavily involved in obstacle course racing. Um, and him and I met through mountain biking. But, um, basically I finished that race and as soon as I like crossed the finish line, I was like, I am never effing doing one of these races ever again. (laughs) And it was just like, I was so underprepared, um, both like mentally and then physically in a lot of ways too. But did he, did he tell you like, no, that was like the crazy seven hour one. There's a lot easier ones than that. Uh, no, like I knew it was a world championship race, but. Um, I guess I didn't realize how much it had evolved as a sport, um, and I think Ryan had been trying to tell me that, but of course, he was just getting into it as well, so, like, I didn't really, I don't know, <laughs> it, I don't know, that was good, it was a bit of an eye-opener, but um, it it was about a couple weeks later that I was like, okay, like, after I stopped being, like, more stiff than I had ever been in my entire life and could actually move around properly again. I was like, I'm going to start training for this. That was, like, a lot of fun. It was the hardest race I'd ever done. And a really cool challenge and super primal in a lot of ways. Like, um, I just thought it was cool how, I don't know, you're basically just, like, running and carrying stuff around. And, I don't know, it's kind of caveman-like in a lot of ways. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 
And then what did you, and so what was your schedule? Like, did you just say, okay, when did you decide, okay, I want to start scheduling a bunch of races in 2015 or did you? Um, I think, well, that was like the last race of the season, really. So I went through most of the winter just doing like cross country skiing or whatever I normally did, like lots of exercise, but nothing really OCR specific. And then I think in February we registered for a battle frog down in Miami so it was about a month before that, like in January, that I started getting really focused and doing a lot more upper body strength and all that stuff, which I probably should have, in hindsight, started doing a lot sooner. But um, I don't know. It seems to have worked out well for me. <laughs> My first year has gone pretty well. So. so how many races did you do last year? I don't know. Probably more than that. I don't know. At least 20 races. Probably. And of, of those, how many did you, um, did you podium? I think I podiumed on every race that I did except for one battle frog that I couldn't finish because of the mandatory obstacle completion. And that was at the beginning of the season. I like It was pouring rain out and really muddy and I couldn't get through a set of monkey bars. So um, I still have a bit of a mental block from that. Whatever it rains, I'm like, oh no, I'm not going to finish the race. But <laughs> well, I'm looking at your athletes now, actually. I was just kind of eyeballing it. Um, the... The North Face race in July, what was that distance? That was 50 kilometers um, of just running. Right, but you won. You were the first female on that one, too. I was. I think a lot of the competitive, like really competitive ultra runners do the 50-miler, um, which is the same day. And I think I'm going to register for the 50-mile next year. So um, my goal will be just to finish it. <laughs> Some of the world's best ultra runners go to that race, so I'm not sure like I'll be making the podium, but I think 50 miles will be definitely the furthest I've ever run. Right. Um, and I want to do world's toughest mutters, so that'll be good training for it. Oh, okay, cool. We can totally we can totally get to that. But so just to sort of fill people in, we we can put your we can put your ath links in the show notes, or people can just look it up. It's pretty easy to find. Um, but uh, so there you are. You want a bunch of battle frogs? Second New Jersey Spartan, second at the World Championship, the Spartan World Championships. First in the OCR World Championships and first in the Battle Frog World Championships. Yes. You're kind of a big deal. <laughs> I've had, like I said, I've had a good first year, so um, hopefully I can have a good second year as well next year. I've got some training plans. But... All right. Well, listen. Well, here's the deal. You're much like your, um, much like your fiance. You're Canadian. You're sweet. You're um, you don't say anything bad about anybody, but clearly there's some sort of fire inside you. You don't get to this. It's not a fluke to win this many races consistently. Um, can you talk about that at all? Like, and I know all these women are your friends. I know that you and Amelia and KK and Corinna and everybody's a buddy. Like, I know all that, but like you clearly, when you step on the line, what's in your head? Like, what is, what is, what do you say to yourself at the start line? Um, well, I, I mean, I think we're all pretty competitive girls, so, like, for sure after the race, like, it's a great group of people in OCR, for sure after the race or between races, like, we all hang out and get along really well, but, um, I think we're all in the same boat, where, like, as soon as we hit the start line, it's, like, game on, like, we're not gonna, you know, it's not, like, tackle OCR, we're not gonna, like, elbow each other and take each other down, but we're gonna do everything that we can to beat each other out there and, um, in our training in between, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely have a competitive side um I think I've always had that but I've never found a sport um 
I guess until mountain biking now, like I was really determined to sort of get to the top. Um, I think in cross country skiing, like it was always my sister and she's an Olympian in the sport. Um, and her and I competed together a lot, but I just never had the drive in that sport that she did. It was more like a fun thing for me. And that's part of the reason I never pursued it further. I was kind of like, Oh, that's her thing. And then, um, as soon as I sort of stepped into OCR, my like competitive drive hit an all time high (laughs) and I was like, Oh, like I really want to kind of be, I don't, I don't know whether we can still be pioneers in this sport or whether it's sort of evolved past that point now, but, um, I definitely want to be like one of the recognized names, um, hopefully like the next five years or something. Yeah, I think, I think we are, um, you know, Hunter actually said it. Um, it's been almost two years now, but I think it's still true. He said, we're all pioneers. And I, I honestly think we are. And, and, you know, we, I think all of us are, there's a small part of us that's like, is this, is this still a real thing? Is the other shoe going to drop or all these races going to go out of business? Like we all kind of have that. Right. Um, um, but, whether it's three years or five years or 10 years, like we're writing the, you know what I mean? Like, like, like the names that have been established, like, you know, Hobie and Pac and Amelia, right. And now Ryan and you, like, it's still, you know what I mean? Unless like, unless you guys drop off the face of the earth tomorrow and then somebody else wins all the races for the next 10 years. But, but I think that's great. I think that's a great, I think that's a great goal to have. Um, But talking about this like competitive fire. So like, for example, in the the race you just won in Orlando, you were behind um, KK for a while. What what is going through your head as you're in the last couple of miles, and then what's in your head when you saw her struggling on the final rig or whatever the final obstacle was? Um, well, a few things. I mean, Ryan had talked to me before that that race. Um, so okay, I'll start by saying like the the previous race at a battle frog that I had raced KK. Um, it was pouring rain out again and I had that mental block and she ended up beating me. Um, but as soon as like, I, I got stuck at this rig and she made it through. And as soon as she sort of took off, I was like, Oh, that's the end of the race. So I kind of stopped racing and I just sort of like ran the rest, but I wasn't giving it my all. And after Ryan said something to me, he was like, you know, with obstacle course races, it's not like over until it's over. Anybody, especially with mandatory obstacle completion can get stuck at like that last or you know set of monkey bars or whatever and they could be stuck there for hours so like even though you know somebody put a gap into you whether it be like five minutes or 15 minutes you still got to keep fighting um and yeah that kind of hit home for me I was like oh he's totally right so it came to play out really well in this race um because I think at one point um, I mean, she's so good at those rigs that she would like fly through them and I would do them as fast as I can and wouldn't fall off or anything, but she's got this like massive arm span. So she would go through these rigs and put like a two minute gap into me. And then I would be like fighting really hard to close the gap and just expending tons of energy. Um, and then we'd hit the next rig and the gap would open again. And anyway, so I think at one point she had like a two minute gap on me and we were already halfway, more than halfway through the race. Um, but I just kept, like, telling myself how badly I really wanted to win and, like, how much training I put into this race and then what Ryan said, too. Like, the race isn't over till it's over. So, and this was kind of the race that, like, I think I, I've probably done, like, 13 Battle Frogs this year or something. So it was kind of the race that I'd done more to prepare for than any other race. Um, and I think she's only done, like, three or four, four Battle Frogs or something. So I was like, <laughs> she is not going to beat me in this race. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, so again, that 
didn't think I was going to catch her, but um, I ended up catching her, and Ryan says I got lucky, which I kind of did, because <laughs> she got stuck at that last ring, so she had to go. So that, so that was his loving support of his new champion wife, you got lucky? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that was his loving support. <laughs> That's okay. It makes me work harder for next. Do you, do, well, well, um, you know, I liked giving him a really hard time that that um, you did better technically than he did at, at OCR World Championships. Do, do you guys? Uh, do you guys have any of that? Do you have any uh, house rivalry? No, we joke like we tease each other about it. I used to be like Ryan Atkins' girlfriend. <laughs> So, so, so do you, do you, do you, do you honestly think you've, you've sort of shaken that though? Like what you think now when you, when you win, people like know who you are? Do you think there might still be a little bit of like, oh, do you know that's Ryan Atkins girlfriend or who's that? Oh, that's Ryan Atkins fiance or I heard, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think I've shaken most of it. Like, I think it's probably still prevalent to a certain extent, but I think I'm definitely sort of starting to make names. For myself, which is nice, because even in cross-country skiing, like, I was always, my sister's name's Brittany, so I was always Brittany Webster's little sister, and um, in sport, like, that's always kind of what I've been known as, and it, I don't know, I guess it drove me nuts, and I never really realized, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a nice little point of drive and motivation for me to sort of create a name for myself and not be known as, like, someone else's, you know, significant other half. Right. <laughs> Well, and there's a there's a massive advantage when uh, when the money's coming back to the same household, right? When you win all this championship money. Yeah, um, mostly it's all just going towards our mortgage. Darn <laughs> <laughs> <Start> mortgages! <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we've had a good year, and uh, I think one of my goals was to get to the point where I could. Um, sort of try and live the athlete lifestyle like it's, it's a lifestyle like no other like obviously you spend you know half your day training and recovering um but I think it's pretty cool not having to spend you know eight hours a day in an office or something like that and um you're basically just getting paid to do what you love so I think my goal at the beginning of the season was definitely to like get to the point where I could take advantage of that opportunity because it's pretty unique and it's not going to last forever. So there's there's questions out there about, you know, who is making money at OCR? What does it mean to be a sponsored athlete? So you, when you say that you're doing this for a living, that's based on race winnings? Um, yeah, and I just got picked up by Battle Frog, so they're actually like my first real sort of athlete contract where I'll be getting paid on a monthly basis. So that's really exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. But mostly, yeah, like up until now, it's just been race winning. Um, so I quit my job back in the at the very end of June, actually, right on my birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, me. That's awesome. Um, yeah, with like the hopes that, you know, all would go well. And it was a bit scary sort of making the decision to not have an income. I mean, like I've been, I graduated university like five years ago. So I've been working like nine to five for about five years now. And I was so accustomed to having a paycheck. So it was actually quite terrifying to... Um, yeah, quit my job and hope that all went well and I wouldn't get injured and I was just going to be like doing my thing and relying on race winnings. And um, luckily, like I had, I had Ryan there to support me and he was kind of like, well, if anything goes wrong, then like 
I'll be here for you until, you know, you're able to get another job or something like that. So, um, but then there's people like Amelia in the sport who juggle like probably more than a 10 hour work day in her case as a lawyer um, and still manage to race at like the high level that she does, which I also think is super admirable and really important to have somebody like that as a role model in the sport. Um, and I think it just depends on the person, like what sort of standpoint you want to take as a professional athlete. Like I think that what she's doing is really admirable. Um, but I just wanted to use the opportunity to kind of live this lifestyle while I could. Um, for the first half of the year up until June, I was juggling like being in school full time. Um, so I was taking a full course load in college and also working full time and training. So it was like super busy and crazy. Um, yeah, so like I've, I've kind of been on both sides of the story here. And in terms, and, and and so in terms of sponsorship, I think I asked you this, you know, off the record when you were when you were here in Atlanta for the for the Battle Frog. But um, have you been approached by other brands or products? Or I mean, obviously, Battle Frog is you know your main sponsor now, and and, and all that. But but I'm I know that like Ryan, for example, is also sponsored by Beat Elite and Athletics Eight, maybe, and some other ones. So um, are there other 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 products out there that have been, that that you're working for? Um, well, like I work with Athletic Thetan Icebug right now, but just like for product, I basically represent them because I like their stuff. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, I haven't really had anybody else approach me, but I'm definitely going to work on that for next year and hopefully try and approach some other people. I asked Beetle Eat, but they basically had already used up all their budgets. <laughs> They, they, let's just be honest. They gave all their money to Amelia, and there was nothing left. Let's just be honest. <laughs> I talked to them like right after they brought on Amelia and Ryan, so it was probably like rather bad timing. But right, um, that's okay because she's really deserving of it. So um, yeah, um, but for next year, like there's definitely a few companies that I'd like to approach and see if they're interested. So I'll keep my fingers crossed and putting together like a little sponsorship package and stuff. So. Right. I think the season's just ended right now, so it's not like on a lot of companies' minds to start approaching and sponsoring athletes at this point. I think that'll happen like once the races start up again. Okay, so and speaking of Battle Frog, um, everyone knows that they just announced, or didn't just announce, but they've announced all these races. Um, they said they brought Ryan on to actually be an RD for some of them. Clearly, you can't do all of them either, lest you want to just be like, you know, you can't travel 24-7. So did they say which ones you're going to be at? Do you get to say how many Battle Frogs do you plan to do versus how many other, you know, Spartans do you plan to do? Um, well, we, we have to do, I think, between 11 and 16 Battle Frogs. So we'll kind of get to pick and choose which ones we want to do. Um, but they want one of their sponsored athletes, at least, at each event. So, I don't know, I'll kind of have to work with, like, Corinna, Claude, and Marco, and Ryan, and we'll figure out which ones each of us are going to do. But that's actually not a lot. I thought it would be much higher. I thought they'd want you at, like, half of them. Well, I don't think it's manageable. Like, this year, Ryan did so much racing, and he did maybe 15 Battle Frogs. So, like, he's out there, like, every weekend doing a race. Um, but by the time you add in, like you know, the Spartan NBC races and, like, the championship races, like, all the other races that, that were required to be at. Um, yeah, you're literally racing every weekend. And I thought he had done probably at least 20 Battle Frogs, but it turned out it was, like, yeah, 13 or 15 or something. 
So do you plan to do do you plan to do all the TV races, the Spartan TV races next year? Um, I'll do the ones that I can for sure. Um, yeah, we don't really have our Battlefront race schedule yet. So again, like I'll see which ones um, I can go to. And and forgive me for not. Forgive me for not knowing because I honestly like I still haven't caught up with all the uh, the Spartan shows from this year. But how did you do in those this year? I think there's six. How many of them did you do besides Vermont? Uh, I did four of them, I guess. So, and I kind of like to do more Spartan races next year because I think it's pretty beneficial, obviously, for Spartan World Championships to like get to know the obstacles a little bit better. Um, but I was second or third at all of them. I never won one of them. So that'll be a goal for next year too. See if I can win. So did you? Again, I just I I haven't seen a lot of. Did you get a lot of TV time? Because I know sometimes they'll they'll like say, "Well, by the way, this person came in third. Sometimes they'll do a whole story on them. Yeah, um, yeah, I got a fair, fair bit of TV time. Um, I think the one at World Championships, they're doing like a whole segment on Ryan and I. But um, I mean, I'm not positive. That's based on like what kind of questions they were asking us and. <laughs> how much time they spent interviewing us and stuff like that. So I think I think like a whole big part of Spartan, the Spartan World Championships episode will be focused on Ryan and I. But we'll see when it comes out. Cool. So let's talk about uh, training a little bit. Um, I know that you know Ryan likes to post a lot of videos, and now he and Matt and John have that whole uh, training program as part of their you know as part of his job. Are you looking to do? Anything like that? Um, I don't know. I might get involved in what they're doing. Like, I know they don't have a female um, sort of involved in what they're doing. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, I get a lot of people, like, messaging me, asking me how I train and stuff. And I'll work with them, like, via Messenger. But, I mean, it's definitely something that I'd like to get more involved in, is, like, sharing, kind of sharing the knowledge and helping people to excel in the sport and enjoy it as much as I do. Well, I mean, even if you didn't, let's say you didn't start a coaching business, how about just putting that stuff up on blogs so that whenever people email you, you can go, hey, thanks for reaching out, boom, here's a link to my latest whatever, you know? Yeah, I do Facebook posts occasionally about, like, training regimes that I've done and stuff, but, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it's just running, so... <laughs> Most of it goes up on my Facebook page. To be honest, I kind of suck at social media compared to Ryan. Um, I have to work on that. <laughs> so, but that's a good idea. Like maybe I'll start a blog or something like that. And yeah, they're join Ryan's little clique with obstacle <laughs> training. Um, so you say it's mostly running. So how many how many days a week do you run? How many days do you do? other stuff or do you, or are there days that you do both just sort of just an average week we're not going to talk like i'm sure it changes throughout the year but like the average week yeah so on average like um i'll probably run four days a week and then two other days i'll cross train so i'll like bike or ski or swim or something <laughs> um if i run more than four days a week my body start like i start feeling little injuries come on and stuff so i think it like varies from person to person um, based on how much like impact from running that your body can handle, and that seems to be what my body's happiest with, so I just kind of roll with it. Um, I do about like three strength workouts a week, um, and what else do I do? So yeah, I mean when I run or bike or cross train or whatever, I think um, two or three days a week 
will be interval sessions. So like a 5k time trial or like one mile repeats or something where you're going hard for like if I was doing one mile repeats, I'd go really hard, like start like for like a mile and then I'd rest for three minutes and just like jog easy and then I'd repeat that like five times or something. So um, it's a lot of speed work and I find that definitely helps to um, get my body used to like going at that pace that I'm going to be sustaining while I'm racing for like an hour and a half, two hours. So I think if like anybody out there doesn't do interval training, it's definitely something that'll benefit you. Well, let's talk about that. How much sort of redlining do you do? Because I mean, a lot of people are constantly posting these sort of beast mode workouts. And I, I think some people might overtrain if that's a thing. And I think it is like they just or they think that's what it, and, and you know, people are full of shit anyway, a lot of times. But I mean, in terms of uh, beating yourself up, do you do, you, do, you, do you do a lot of that? Do you, do you know, like, how do you how do you like to feel after most workouts? Like good, I had a workout or I just got the shit kicked out of me? Um, well, that's what I mean by interval training is like redlining um, my heart rate. So, and I'll do that like two or three times a week, um, but not really more than that. So like, let's say like on a Monday, if I'm feeling really good, then I'll go do a really hard workout like that. And then um, the next day I'll just do something easy or I'll do something really like long and slow. I think the long, slow um, sort of cardio based stuff is just as important as that really hard sort of redlining stuff. Cause you have to build like an endurance base. Um, you have to be able to run for like two hours because our races are, you know, a couple hours long each. So, um, so like once a week I'll do something really long and slow that's like three or four hours and I'll just like go out easy and plot along. <laughs> who does the, uh, who, who, who does the cooking in your house? We kind of share, like I do most of it, but that's by choice. Ryan's a really good cook. So when I let him, he cooks, but mostly I kind of take over the kitchen, but it's because I love it. <laughs> And what are you, uh, where, where's your, sort of the spectrum does your diet lean to? Um, we eat pretty normally, like healthy, but normally. So we'll eat definitely like three well-rounded meals a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and I know like, let's say Corinna, for example, eats like these health smoothies for breakfast. You know, Ryan and I just <laughs> bacon and eggs. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, for lunch and dinner, like, it's definitely healthy. Like, majority of it's veggies and stuff. Um, but, I mean, we eat tons of carbs, too. Yeah, I know. I had, I had a... I, and, pasta. Um, and I eat dessert pretty much. I, mean, like, I love chocolate and I love ice cream and all that stuff. So, And I think if you're, like, putting your body through the paces that we are, it's... Um, if your body's craving something, like, you know, some, something sweet after dinner, like a little bit of fat, like, it's fine to give yourself in moderation like i'm not going to go eat a whole tub of ice cream but i'll eat like scoop so yeah, okay. but i think i think there's the rub right so like late at night my wife and i sometimes will like take like a spoon of peanut butter but that turns into 12 spoons of peanut butter yeah <laughs> yeah it's a dangerous <laughs> dangerous path to go go down you have to have a little bit of discipline for sure <laughs> That is it and that is all for this episode of the Obstacle Racing Media Podcast. Wasn't that awesome? Isn't she great? Please say hi to Lindsay if you see her out there. Great, great gal. Hey, it's 1955 and I just said great, great gal. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for all you do to support the ORM. You know we love you. We love you even more. That's not true. We're going to love you regardless. But what I'd like to request is that you... 
Go to iTunes and say why you like us. Go to our store and buy stuff. Go to Amazon and buy my book. These are all the things you can do that are nice for us. But we're going to love you regardless. I just thought I'd do that because it's good for me to do that stuff. Once in a while, I'll ask you say, hey, support us this way. But the podcast is free for you because we love you. And it's almost Christmas. Those of you that celebrated Hanukkah as I did, I hope you enjoyed it. We certainly did in our house. Uh, but, man, I'm just digging this. I know I did say it every week, how much I'm digging it. But uh, really glad you guys are digging it, too. Let's all have a Merry Xmas. Peace out. I gotta run.